one of the series that we did recently was as it is in heaven okay um and then part of that because that was you know as we found out during that series that's like one of those talked about things of jesus so jesus talks about it a lot we should be talking about a lot so we did a series on that then part of that we looked at uh generosity as well didn't we because that's something else that Jesus talked about it kind of ties in those two things because people often think oh money was the thing that Jesus talked about most it was kind of his most used example um, really was, was about money so when you tie those two things together as it is in heaven and money it's understandable that we look at things like generosity so if you can have the first slide please Mark are you a Jenny or a Stuart whenever I hear the, the phrase Stuart I always think Stuart so when I'm at a football match or whatever and I see these guys with Stuart on my, I'm like, hey, Stuart. Um, anyway, it's just my little kind of twisted, twisted humor. But um, I thought, uh, I'm trying to think of famous stewards. I don't know, any famous stewards? Stuart Little, you know, think of Stuart Little, this little kind of mouse creature. Um, there's not many famous stewards, is there? Um, but uh, you'll, you'll see a steward in a minute. But are you a Jenny or a steward? Jenny, Jenny who? Have the next one, thanks, Mark. Oh, sorry, what is a steward, first of all? I better cover that. What is a steward? Ooh, what's coming up, what's coming up? Everyone's waiting to see Jenny. Um, <laughs> what, what is a steward? Gone for the old dictionary definitions, which you'll see here. Um, so there's some definitions of a, a steward. Um, but really today, we're looking at this idea, this bottom one. A steward is someone who manages or looks after someone else's stuff, okay? And this idea that that is what we are in this world for God. We are merely stewards of his stuff. Are we? Or are we a Jenny? <laughs> are we a Jenny or a steward? Who is Jenny? Come on then, the big reveal. Okay. So it's Jenny from the block. Okay. <laughs> Um, and, and this, literally, okay, typing in Google, Google Images, Stuart, <laughs> okay, this is one of the first guys that comes up, all right, that's Stuart, okay, so Stuart, people, people, Stuart, um, but we've got Jenny, Jenny from the block, okay, next slide, thanks Mark, um, who remembers the song, Jenny from the block, okay, what, what this lyric sent, okay, I used to have a little, and I've got a lot, all right, but I'm not going to forget where I came from. On the on the face of it, it seems like that seems quite honourable. Thank you, Jenny, um, <laughs> or J Lo, as her friends call her. Um, all right, it seems quite honourable. That oh, okay, that's good. You've got a lot of stuff. You're not going to forget where you came from, from the Bronx. Um, but actually, stewards, as God's stewards, we should have a, a different perspective. Okay, and I'm going to just unpack that a little bit more. Thanks, Mark. So. Um, God's stewards, stewards um, <laughs> need to look from his perspective. Okay, so Jenny from the block, okay, is looking at what she's got and looking at her past. What should God's stewards be doing? Not really caring about how much we've got and looking to the future. So actually, like I said, what seems an honorable thing is actually miles away from where we should have our perspective as God's stewards, as God's children, as God's people. We shouldn't be caring so much about what we've got, whether we used to have a little or now we've got a lot. It doesn't really matter, all right, when we're God's stewards because actually we're just God's stewards. 
was the stewards were just looking after someone else's stuff. It's all his anyway. It's all his anyway. I don't care whether I've got a little or I've got a lot. I haven't really kind of got anything if we get it from his perspective, right? Doesn't really matter. And I don't really bother about where I come from. It's about my future, right? And our future, actually, our time on this earth is really, really super short. Okay, verse in Psalm 19, uh, 90, sorry, verses 12, verse 12. Teach us to realize how short our lives are then our hearts will become wise, okay? That's a a concept that we want God to sink into us, all right? Our our lives, our time on this planet is so short. It doesn't matter about our stuff, all right? It doesn't matter where we've come from. It's about what can we do now for God, what in in this brief future we've got on this earth and then also eternity. What can we do now which affects that? That's where our mindset should be. First time I kind of was challenged on this, I remember this, and, and Ethan challenged me this morning. Yeah, I told him a little bit what, his, what the sermon was about. He said, what, what relevance is that to young people? Well, um, true, true story. Don't worry, I'll tell you another story about him later. Um, but the first time I kind of heard about this, I became a Christian at 14 and just you know did my thing or whatever. And I remember I was about 16 and... Uh, my mate had taken me home in, in his car and that, and we got onto a bit of a churchy kind of conversation. And he mentioned this word, tithing. And I'm like, what? What are you on about? So I'd been in church about two years, actually, at this time. Talked about tithing. And so every time they'd done this thing, well, it's, it's time for our tithes and offerings. I just, I don't even know what I thought. I just thought, tithes? Do we put tithes in there? I haven't seen any. I don't know. I just kind of blanked it out. But he, he said to me, Andy, have, have you ever tithed? I'm like, talk about it. Um, he said, well, basically, it's 10% of what you earn. You say, well, God, like, as soon as I get that money, or however you get it, right, you give that to God. I was like, really? It's like that kind of simple. Yeah, yeah, you should do it. So at that time, I was like 16. I only had like a part-time job, one of my many, many part-time jobs um, as a 16-year-old. So I don't know. I might have only been earning like, I don't know, 10, 15 quid a week or something like that. Um, he said, well, that's simple. Do the maths. I was like, yeah, do the maths. You know. <laughs> All right. Um, and uh, so, actually, that's kind of like, literally, so I get to keep the 90%? Well, I said there's tithes and offerings, okay? So the rest, you decide what on your heart to give. But really, kind of Bible talks about that that's a good thing to do is to give 10%. So remember, as a young person, um, being kind of challenged on, well, I could do that. And honestly, if you start off as a young person like that, it just becomes a way of life and a habit. And you think, wow, God is literally just saying, you can just do what you want with the other 90%. Do what your heart feels compelled to do. Give cheerfully in that, but 10%. 10%. As soon as you get paid, 10%. So just something since that day, I've always done. And it's kind of easy. Once you build it in, once you take that plunge. Now, I appreciate if you're an adult hearing this for the first time, or you're kind of new to the church or what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then this could be like, whoa, this is a game changer, particularly if you're, you know, you're married and stuff, and you might have to talk about this with your partner. Uh, absolutely, you should. Absolutely, you should. But all I'm saying is, um, as God's stewards, it's all his anyway, all right? This kind of money I earn, the stuff I get and that, it's all his. It's all about viewing it from a different perspective. Now, you may conclude on the back of this that, okay, I, I think I get, I definitely don't want to be a Jenny, I do want to be a steward. So next point then, 
God's stewards want to make change more than count their change. So, uh, what will stop us making change? I just want to look at some practicalities uh, uh, of what might be a barrier to you making change. At the end of the day, guys, if we rock up here every week and just think, I just want a good time, then you will probably have a good time most weeks. Is that what we're here for? Okay, is that what we're here for? Surely, as people here today who love God and, and want to follow him, then our heart should be, I actually want to become more like him. So to get from where I am to be more like him, there will have to be some changes that take place. And we're just saying this next series is about making change. Surely we can all say, yeah, we're in this together. We all agree if we hear something that we feel compelled in our heart to, to change on, give, ask God to give you the strength to take that step to make that change. But I appreciate there's some barriers which may stop you doing that. So this is just some of them. I'll just unpack them a little bit more. Capacity. We fill our lives with things and busyness and stuff, don't we? There, there's always things going on, always things which make doing kingdom stuff quite hard to fit in. And this is true for all of us. It can easily just become a, a side thing. I've got all these things in my life, oh, and I've got my Christian life. And, you know, we can easily just kind of tag it on the side. And it's an issue of capacity. The, the easy path is really wide. Okay, it's very easy to go down that path. The, the challenge is to, to serve and actually to put this God thing as first place in our life. All right, but ultimately, that's what God wants. We talked today about what did Jesus do for us? Whew, maybe the very least I can do is put him first and then put all the other stuff into my life afterwards. I try and imagine Paul in the Bible complaining about being on the rotor twice a month. I don't reckon he would. I don't reckon he would. Uh, um, one of the other things that, that challenge us in, in or can be a, a barrier to us making change are seasons. We all go through seasons in life, don't we? All right, they, and, and that is, sometimes that is completely out of our control. Um, and I would say we want to support you in a season. Absolutely. And sometimes that needs a bit of time of reflection, all that kind of thing. But we do believe it is a season and shouldn't then be a lifestyle, all right? Seasons do come and go, and they change as well, okay? So if you're facing a season, we want to support you in that season, all right? We don't want you to feel pressure on, oh, but they're saying I've got to do You know, we want to support you in your season and also to help you support you kind of out of that season and into a new season. And things might be different after that season, but we want to support you with that so that you can get back on the journey of making change to where God wants you to be. Comparisons, keeping up with the Joneses, okay, particularly this area of money. We've all done that. We've all looked at the neighbor's car, haven't we? Yes, we have. Okay, we've all looked at the neighbor's house. We've all looked at the neighbor's clothes. And, you know, we've all, ah, oh, if only, ah, oh, if I could have that, then things would be better. Um, and we will sometimes budget around that to make sure those things are priority. Comparisons, keeping up with the Joneses. God's stewards don't keep up with the Joneses. They give up for the Jesus. You can have that one for free. Okay. Um, culture can be another thing. How were you brought up when it comes to money? Okay. What have you seen? What have you observed? What did your parents do or grandparents do when it came to money? Perhaps they naturally, uh, charity begins at home, store all under the mattress. Okay. And you may have that kind of ingrained within you to not be generous. 
through your just own upbringing. Maybe that could be a barrier to you making change. And ultimately, our thinking, our mindset, okay? What, how do we view this whole thing? Our enemy knows that if he can get you thinking and believing that you don't have anything that will make an impact, he's cut you off at the source. A bit like they were doing a battle or a, like an army situation, I understand, all right? That what the enemy would do is like, well, let's rather than go and actually fight them directly, let's cut off their supplies, stop the food and the water getting to them, and then they're useless, okay? And the enemy wants to do that with us. So it all starts up here, doesn't it? But what does Paul say in Romans 12? Hey, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this, this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. It's good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay? It starts up here, folks. So we've got these barriers, these, and there could be others as well. And maybe you re- relate or connect to some of those. Identify them, first of all. What's stopping me? making change in this area you do have capacity okay you have more than you think you do have resources you probably have more than you think you've been given a mouth to speak with you have resources at your disposal you do have money and if you apply God's principles actually what God tends to do is bring it all kind of back to you anyway someone said once and it's, it's not necessarily a verse in the Bible but I found it to be really true you can never outgive God um, and the amount of times that we've experienced that when we've taken the plunge to take a step of faith to be generous and then, whoa, just like had the same come back to us. It, it's, it's unbelievable. So perhaps the thing we need to hear most clearly to overcome these problems in our way to making change is Jesus calling us. Because if we view all this stuff, these money things, whether it's serving in church, being generous with our time and our talents and treasure, as I talked about before, as Chris is asking me to do this. If, if you say, oh, Chris is calling me to do this, we may come if we have time, possibly, if we possibly think it might be maybe worthwhile because it's just Chris asking us. But if we view it as Jesus is calling us, you know, as his disciples, as his followers, Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you to make changes, to become more and more like him. Then hopefully we decide in our heart, I will follow, and I'm, I'm not going to care about the cost too much because it's him. And look at the cost that he paid for me. Okay, third point. God's stewards live in contentment. And this is the kind of the less is more idea. Um, and, you know, coming back to, to poor Jenny, um, you know, She's been engaged like five times, married and divorced three times, and I don't want to judge her, but probably she would agree she hasn't really found contentment in her life uh, at the minute. Someone asked today, like, oh, you're going to have any maths because you're talking about money and all this kind of thing. A little bit down for you there. Less is more. Okay, those who like their little math symbols, um, you can, again, enjoy that one. Okay, um, so contentment, do you know what? And the amount of times this happens as well, I'm sure Chris and others who, who've done stuff up front will agree. You, you know when you're going to speak on something, God's going to kind of go like, you first, okay? That he's going to challenge you in some way that, yeah, Andy, you're delivering this talk, but I just want to check that you're willing to live up to this as well. So I knew I was talking on this uh, a couple of weeks back, 
And uh, then we had the weekend away, woohoo! Uh, then we had Storm Hannah, woohoo! Um, and so uh, that caused me to get up early anyway, Saturday morning, and I uh, was preparing some of this. By the time it came to Saturday night, since it's last weekend, we're away and we're having a great time, uh, had a phone call uh, from, or kind of a communication anyway, between uh, Mel's mum and ourselves, basically saying that um, a certain son of ours um, had uh, uh, left his uh, bedroom window open. Uh, to be fair to him, he never opens his bedroom window. We'd opened it for air. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then we'd, uh, we'd gone away on the weekend away, and Storm Hannah had meant the window had swung wide open. So she'd spotted that from her house next door, and basically, oh, do you want to go, me to go around and shut the window? Like, yes, please. So she goes around to shut the window and goes upstairs, and then, like, there's a horrendous noise coming from your boiler. Like, oh, so this is just when we ran the kind of campfire. You guys were kumbaya in it and all this kind of thing. Um, and uh, so I'm just on the phone in the background, like, uh, okay. So she put the kind of phone to the boiler. I can hear this. Like, what is that? So don't worry, using my Hive app, I can um, turn off the hot water and the heating. So we did that. This noise is still going on. I'm like, I'm not very good at all this DIY kind of business, but I said, the only thing I can think is that means there's still something is demanding water or hot water from the system if there's a tap on somewhere or something like that, but that doesn't make sense. Why don't you just go and check our shower? So off Mel's mum went and like opened the bathroom door. Oh my goodness, the shower is like belting out this uh, hot water. Um, and this is Saturday night, uh, like about, what, about eight o'clock when we're around the fire, nine o'clock even. Um, and we obviously left the home, or, or Ethan and Mel left the home at about uh, five o'clock the day before. Um, so what had happened was, our shower is a bit funny, you have the kind of the, the, like the tap side of it and then the temperature side of it, but you have to turn the tap bit on and then go with the temperature and then the shower comes on. Occasionally, it takes a bit of, and then you get it going. Someone decided to uh, turn the water bit on, go, it's not working, and walk away. Um, sorry, <laughs> and walk away. Um, and uh, and uh, but obviously, then at some point, that bit decides, oh no, I will provide you with water now. So the shower turned on itself while we'd left the house. We don't know at what time and was being belting out hot water. So Mel's mum said there is like condensation just pouring off the ceiling um, in this room. The kind of bath mat thing is absolutely soaked. Um, so I said, oh, could you turn the shower off, please? Um, <laughs> and so she, uh, <laughs> she turned the shower off and, um, and then I enjoyed some marshmallows around the fire um, a little bit. Because uh, I've got to be honest, I was like, oh my goodness the maths kicked in. How much does it cost to run a shower, a power shower, for 10 minutes? So then times that by six, that's for an hour. And then we've been away for about 24 hours, times that by 24. Oh, hold on a minute. It's not just the gas to heat that, it's also the electric because it is a power shower, so you need to power. Oh, and then it's the actual water itself, which I think came out of something like 100,000 litres has probably come out through the uh, shower. No problem. Uh, oh, and then there's the fact that the noise I first heard was 
So we're probably going to need a new pump, uh, the pump that we just had fitted a month ago. Um, so I was going through all this, um, and I just had a little moment to myself to reflect. Uh, and then I thought, God is wanting me to speak on Sunday on contentment. <laughs> oh, the irony. Um, so... But it does make you reflect like, wow, we've got all this stuff in our house. And like this, I'm not saying this in a braggy way at all, but we've actually got two showers in our house. All right. Now, and yet I'm there getting that kind of worked up about like, but one of my showers is, and it just, I just had that moment of thinking, seriously, Andy, you know, we've been on mission to kind of Africa a couple of years ago. Seriously, seriously. And it just teaches you to take a step back and think, I need to lean learn to live in contentment okay so we all get challenged by it okay we'll perhaps all have a tendency to be a, a jenny all right or, or a gentency um but our challenge <laughs> our challenge is to be a steward and just view this remember his perspective is it's kind of all not your stuff anyway it's all temporary you take none of it with you when you pass away um and it's all very temporary what did Paul say? Um, Philippians 4, 11 to 13. I've learned to be content no matter what happens to me. I know what it's like not to have what I need. I also know what it's like to have more than I need. And notice that. It's okay to have that as well. God's not forbidding you to be successful and, and, um, and have sort of good finances. It's not a, a sin to have that. All right, so God's saying, just be content in whatever kind of season and financial situation you find yourself in. I've learned the secret of being content no matter what happens. I'm content whether I'm well-fed or hungry. Ooh, is that true for us? I'm content whether I have more than enough or not enough. And here's just an amazing verse. I can do all this by the power of Christ. He gives me strength. I can do all this through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, and you can apply that to every area of your life. Okay, I can do all this through Christ who strengthens me. So be content, people. In perspective, like I said, I mentioned about the kind of Swaziland, the Africans, okay, and, and, and getting a glimpse of that. That's why mission's so important when you see people living a whole different kind of life. That really is an eye-opener as well. But um, you might have heard this as well from the, from the Red Cross. Uh, I think it's on the next slide. Thanks, Mark. If you have food in the fridge, clothes on your back, a roof over your head, and a place to sleep, you're already richer than 75% of people in the world. So you're already in the top 25%, and that's all of us here today. If you have money in the bank, in your wallet, and a little bit of spare change in a dish somewhere, then you're among the top 8% of the world's wealthy. We should probably be a bit more content, shouldn't we? Do you reckon, as God's stewards, as God's stewards, we should definitely be a little bit more content? Like I said, do not conform to the pattern of this world what is the pattern of this world when it comes to stuff? I've got a little drama sketch to illustrate. So I'm going to get my um, kind of two assistants up now. Here comes Mel and Ethan. Round of applause. Give them a round of applause now. In the beginning, God made the whole world. And God made man. A simple man with simple taste. Man enjoyed life when he was young. But eventually, he got bored. Man was happy with his radio. He played it. He played with it. But eventually, man got bored with his radio. Man decided he wanted to get something bigger, so he decided to buy a video player. Man was happy with his video player. He put it in fast forward, 
He put it in rewind. Sometimes he even remembered to put a videotape in it. But eventually, man got bored with his video player. Man decided he wanted something bigger, so he decided to buy a car. Man was happy with his car. He drove it in the day. He drove it in the night. He even used its completely unnecessary, time-consuming self-park mode. But eventually, man crashed his car, as, and he realized he didn't read page 98 of the policy documents, which was written in font 6. So man decided he wanted something bigger, so he decided to buy a house. So man enjoyed his new house. He went from room to room to room. The trouble was, he had so many rooms, he couldn't find the bathroom. <laughs> so one day, man died. Yes, one day, man died. What does, it, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, yet loses his soul? Okay, <laughs> that is the pattern of this world, isn't it? Just more and bigger and nicer and more and bigger and nicer and and then suddenly it's all over, okay? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but let's be transformed by the renewing of our mind, okay? Then I think we can really start to make these changes. So we've just come towards the end. Um, just last kind of thought, really, and this is an amazing passage, and I wonder whether, um, just as I read this, kind of picture as well, maybe kind of Chris being able to read it when he's talking about us. This is a passage from Chronicles as David is talking about uh, the, the temple and building the temple and um, that his son Solomon's really going to kind of take that on. But just the fact that they need kind of stuff to be able to do that. But listen to his words here, but also imagine it kind of maybe about, you know, God saying it over us, Chris, being able to say it about us as a church as well. So this is David or Chris. But me, who am I and who are these, my people? that we should presume to be giving something to you. Everything comes from you. All we're doing is giving back what we've been given from your generous hand. As far as you're concerned, we're homeless, we're shiftless wanderers like our ancestors. We're basically just stewards. Our lives mere shadows, hardly anything to us. God, our God, all these materials, these piles of stuff for building a house of worship for you, Honoring your holy name, it all came from you. It was all yours in the first place. I know, dear God, that you care nothing for the surface. You want us, our true selves. And so I've given from the heart, honestly and happily. And now see all these people doing the same, giving freely, willingly. What a joy. Oh God, God of our fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, keep this generous spirit alive forever in these people always. Keep their hearts set firmly in you. And give my son Solomon an uncluttered and focused heart so that he can obey what you command. And maybe not just my son Solomon. I added in some other little words there as well, okay? And my brothers and sisters in one church, an uncluttered and focused heart so that he, they, we, can obey what you command, live by your directions and counsel, and carry through with building the temple for which I have provided, and carry on living big. 
All right, imagine that. Imagine that prayer. Imagine God being able to say that about us. Chris being able to, to feel that. Chris and Anna being able to feel that in their hearts about us as a, as a church, as a, as a congregation. Let's make that choice to, to not be so Jenny-minded, okay, but to be Stuart-minded. Ask God for his perspective, okay? Seek him for what we might need to, to change in our lives. Seek him to... For, for what we might need to do with that and seek him for that contentment that we often just kind of lose a little bit and then just knock down those barriers that get in the way of us really, really giving everything to him. Okay, let's be stewards, guys. Okay, it's the start of a series, but let's get that mindset. We're going to agree. We're going to be stewards. We're going to view ourselves as stewards of God's stuff so that we can make changes towards where he wants us to be. Is that fair enough?